0: Today on Abounding in Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor says when it comes right down to it, only God's opinion matters.
1: Especially in times of crisis and times of difficulty, here's what I've learned. Maybe you know, maybe you'll agree with me, but I've learned that everyone seems to have an opinion. And most of everybody wants to share that opinion and wants to weigh in, even as things are shifting in our culture where social media is making it very easy to weigh in on things that you have nothing to do with and express your opinion. Everyone has an opinion, but only God's opinion matters. It's very important to grasp that. Everyone has an opinion, and we may even seek out the opinion of people. I know the Bible says that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, but there's also confusion where people are weighing in their opinion on your life and they don't even live your life. They're not even hearing from the Lord.
0: You may have noticed everyone has their opinions. We see that as we scroll through our newsfeed on social media. And even well meaning friends and family members are quick to chime in with their thoughts and opinions. But today, on Abounding Grace, we're reminded that we need to be careful. Not all opinions are good and of God. It very well could be bad advice that we're getting. Pastor Ed Taylor takes us now to John chapter 7 where Jesus is receiving some worldly advice from his unbelieving brothers.
1: The counsel that they give in verses 3 and 4 is unbelief. It's counsel that's not from the Lord. These guys that are giving their brother advice are giving him very worldly advice. Very obvious advice. And it makes sense. It's logical advice. It, it, It makes sense. It's pragmatic. It's practical. And it goes something like this. Hey, Jesus, you want everybody to know you? You don't hide yourself in the Galilee. You go up into the region of Judea and and present yourself. I mean, if you're supposed to be popular and you're the coming Messiah and you want everybody to know that, then hiding yourself doesn't make any sense. You need to go up. You need to go to this feast. There's so many people there. Man, it makes sense. And it's very practical, very logical, and it makes sense. Except that it's not counsel from God. This isn't the will, we know it's not the will of God because Jesus says so in verse six. My time has not yet come. This is an important point that we can't miss. This is good advice, if you will. They're not telling him to do anything sinful here, but they're not hearing from God. We would call this worldly advice. You know, advice in the world, things that just make sense a blog that you read, some business book that you picked up, where it just makes sense, but it's not from the Lord. And this is the kind of advice, friends, that we want to stay away from, no matter how much it makes sense, and no matter how it seems to add up, and no, even if it comes from someone that you love and respect. His brothers don't believe, yet they're giving him advice. And you want to be very careful. Don't miss this. The advice isn't from God, it's not from the Lord, and it's really not right at all. It's advice to go up and make yourself known. You know, go up. This is, their, this is what they're saying. You go up to the feast so you can become popular. Bad advice. Jesus doesn't need anyone's help to become popular. And how careful we need to be. It's not from faith. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And even when we are receiving counsel from friends and counsel from people that are close to us and counsel of any kind, we need to be careful to hear from the Lord and obey Him. And here's what I've learned, especially in times of crisis and times of difficulty. Here's what I've learned. Maybe you know, maybe you'll agree with me, but I've learned that everyone seems to have an opinion. Is that true or not true? I just, everybody has an opinion and most of everybody wants to share that opinion and wants to weigh in. Even as things are shifting in our culture, where social media is making it very easy to weigh in on things that you have nothing to do with and express your opinion, everyone has an opinion. But let me finish that statement. Everyone has an opinion, but only God's opinion matters. It's very important to grasp that. Everyone has an opinion, and we may even seek out the opinion of people. I know the Bible says that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, but there's also confusion where people are weighing in their opinion on your life and they don't even live your life. They're not even hearing from the Lord. They don't even have a scripture. It's not even confirmed from the Lord because I I know this, good counsel will be confirmed by the Holy Spirit in your life. Your spirit will bear witness with God's spirit as it comes out of the mouth of someone else. And you want to be able to base your life not on the whims and the wishes and even the pressure of people, but you want to be able to base your life on the word of God. If you can't, And if you're not able, then you should pause and wait for the word to speak to your situations. This is one of the dangers, by the way, of what the Bible calls the fear of man. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but the fear of man is a trap. And the fear of man, we don't use that phrase much, but the idea of the fear of man is you're a people pleaser, and you're really worried about what people think about you, and you're really concerned about the opinions of man. And being concerned about the opinions of man can give you a deaf ear to the opinion of God, And you really want the opinion of God. You really want to follow God's opinion because the Bible says where there's no counsel, the people fail and fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety, but not without wisdom and not without confirmation you know, they gave the advice, Jesus, and if they were giving the advice today to Jesus, they would probably say something like this. You can't stay up in the Galilee. If you're going to be popular, you, you not only do you need to go up to, into Judea, but you've got to open up a Facebook account, and you've got to get tweets out there, Jesus, and you've got to start taking selfies and post them on Instagram. I mean, if you want everybody to know you're here, you can't just stay You can't be alone, but let me tell you this. There are times when the will of God will isolate you to a place where you are alone with just him and him alone and even the people around you don't get it and come with this wait a minute it doesn't make sense how could you stay up here in the Galilee region you need to get down there and Jesus says no I don't need to get down there to be popular their counsel was go to the feast so you can make yourself known but that wasn't counsel from the Lord We'll see in a moment what the counsel from God really sounds like, but it wasn't here from his unbelieving brothers. A lot of times when I'm hearing a lot of counsel and a lot of things, I'm trying to discern my spirit, the Holy Spirit dwelling in me with the word of God, and I'm trying to determine, because I may not have the answer. So sometimes you come up to us for counsel as as pastors, and we're like, I don't know. And you're like, wait a minute, I don't know. And you're a pastor, and you don't know what's going to happen well, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God. That's what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know what's happening in your life. I'm not so quick to presume what God's doing in your life. I think earlier as a pastor, as a young man, I really had this pressure in my life where I thought I needed to know everything. And as time has passed and, and the Lord is maturing me and growing me and seasoning me with some very difficult trials, I'm learning. I, I, don't, I don't need to know everything. I don't know everything, but I know a God who does. And I trust him with your life. I trust him with my life, I trust him with your life. And it may take some time for us to discern the will of God for your life. It may not be a quick answer. It, it may not be so, I mean, we wish it was, but maybe it's not gonna be so quick. Maybe it's not gonna be so easy. But I tell you, through the process, your faith is gonna grow, you're gonna love God more, you're gonna appreciate his grace and his mercy, and you're gonna become a better counselor and friend in the people that are in your lives. But when, when I hear counsel, and I'm, I'm in between things, Uh, and I'm not sure what God wants me to do, and I'm waiting on him, and I hear counsel. I try to compare it with the scriptures. And and I try to compare it. Does this sound like it's from God? Let me give you just one area that I look at. Go over to James chapter 3, where the Bible gives me some insight specifically on counsel from heaven and counsel that's demonic. Counsel from heaven and counsel that's demonic. Not everything that people say, even well-meaning believers, is from the Lord. And here's a little bit of where we can find that. Turn with me to James chapter 3. Let me get there with you. And let's pick up there in James up in verse 13. James chapter 3 verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion, and every evil thing will be there. So those are things to look out for. Selfishness, envy, confusion. We already know that Paul wrote to us, the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write to us in the the letter to the Corinthians, that confusion, God is not the author of confusion. So where there's confusion, I just know. I know that the Lord's not in it, and I can reject it, and I can wait for the confusion to pass. Where there's envy or bitterness or self-seeking, those are not from the Lord. And so I can dismiss it right away. However, verse 17, the wisdom that's from above is pure, it's first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy, because the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So I know where there's gentleness... A willingness to yield, mercy, good fruits, no partiality, no prejudice, no hypocrisy. That's from the Lord. And I can start moving in that direction. And, and that's just one piece. There's, the Bible is so full of insight. I mean, for example, in Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. When I see the works of the flesh, I just know that's not from the Lord. But when I see the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, oh, that's the path that I need to follow. That's where I'm going to find the truth. That's where the wisdom is going to come. You see, friends, not all counsel is wise and not all counsel is good. Be careful to hear from the Lord and gain his approval and his confirmation. You see this in the life in, of Rehoboam when he takes over the kingdom from King Solomon. They come to him in 1 Kings, you can write it down, jot it down, 1 Kings chapter 12. They come to him and say, you know what? We're ready to serve you. Uh, we're, we're ready to, to, to come and submit to you, but, but you need to stop the taxation. Uh, if you just stop the, because Solomon had, had given a great levels of burden of taxes upon the people to pay for the kingdom. And when he died and his son Rehoboam took over, but then Rehoboam says, well, he, he takes two routes. He gets two sets of counsel. He goes to the elders that served with his dad. And you know what they told him? Stop the taxes. It'll bring peace to the kingdom. But then he brought the younger guys in that he grew up with, the guys that he went to school with, the guys that he grew up with. They came in and said, you know what? Make it worse. Scourge them. Make them pay for it. And with those two, the Bible never says in 1 Kings 12 that he sought the Lord. The Bible never says that he sought confirmation. The Bible never says that, that he took those matters for the three days he told him to wait. Never. He just took the advice of the younger guys, and the kingdom split and never united ever again. How careful we needed to be with counsel. Here, Jesus, back in John 7, is getting worldly counsel. Even though it sound it makes sense, it wasn't from the Lord. Okay, so pick up with me now in verse 6. It says, Jesus said, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. Basically saying, I'm on my own timetable, I'm following the will of the Father, but you guys can go into to Judea and you can go to the Galilee anytime you want. The world cannot hate you, verse 7, but it hates me because I testify of it, that its works are evil. You go up to this feast, I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. When he said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. So Jesus was on a very specific timetable, not related to the whims or the wishes or the pressures of man. He came, as we've learned, to do the Father's will, and that gave him great confidence and boldness, even if his commitment to God put him in a place of isolation and aloneness for a season. Jesus was also giving some very wise counsel. He's like, I'm going to avoid the people that want to kill me, um, which is always a wise decision. He called, though, those that wanted to kill him, he calls their opposition hatred. He calls it hatred. He exposes the world and its evil intentions only to stir up strife and murderous anger. Now, verse 10 says, but when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. So he does end up going to the feast, but not by the counsel of his unbelieving brothers. A very cool distinction that we get in this section that we can't miss. He does end up going to Jerusalem, but not openly. He goes up secretly. So the question is, why does he go up to Jerusalem? Why does he go into the area of Judea? Why does he go to Jerusalem? He already got advice to go up to Judea, and he just totally dismissed it. I'm not going. And at the end in verse 9, when his brothers went up, he stayed in Galilee. So then why, after time has passed, in verse 10, Jesus goes up. He's not going up openly, but he's going up nonetheless. I'll tell you why. Because he was following the advice of his father. He also got counsel from God. He he received specific counsel from God to go up to the Feast of Tabernacles. You know where he got it? Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16. Deuteronomy 16, verse 16 says, Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Do you know why Jesus went to Jerusalem? Because the Father told him to. (laughs) Because the Word of God instructed him to. He didn't go up to make himself known, but rather he went up to please the Father. He went to Jerusalem in obedience to the Father, not under pressure by man how careful we need to be in our lives. It's a really cool truth that we wanna consider. Jesus gives us a model and a pattern and an example. The Bible says for us to live uprightly, to live wisely. The Bible tells us that it itself, the Bible speaks of itself as living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. So when faced with pressure and faced with much counsel, you know, a lot of times this is where the test comes. It comes in a time of trial in our lives a time of difficulty. James would write to us in James chapter 1 that if any of us lacks wisdom, we're to ask of of the Father. We can ask God and he'll give to us wisdom. Like God will give us what we need to answer the situation that's before us. And oftentimes when we're overcome by emotion and we're overcome by situations and we're overcome by difficulties and we seem to be tossed to to and fro because of the circumstances and the difficulties of life, we need to remember this. Especially even when people come and tell us what we're supposed to do. Remember this. The word of God has priority over my own understanding. That bears repeating. The word of God has priority over my own understanding. That means the word of God has priority over my emotions. The word of God has priority over my wants, over my desires. The word of God has priority over even how I think I understand the situation. This is very important that you learn to make your default in life the word of God, not emotion. How many of you, and I'm not gonna ask for hands, but think about how many of you have made an emotional decision and you wish you wouldn't have? You're just caught up in the emotion. And you say something or you do something and you didn't default to the word of God because you were caught up in the situation. And then you had people telling you, do this and do this. You go, oh, okay. Not so with Jesus. Jesus looked him in the eye and said, I don't accept that. That's not my time hasn't come. I'm not going up because you want me to go up, and I'm certainly not going to Jerusalem for the purposes that you have. I'm going to go up to Jerusalem on my time to obey the Father. And obedience is the route to take, especially in difficult times. The Word of God has priority. The Bible says that we are to be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication make your request be known to God. And the God of of the prayer, you know, the result, the answer, the God that we're praying to will give us a peace, a peace, That passes all understanding that'll guard our hearts that's the emotional part of us and our minds that's where we make decisions that god will give you a peace that will guard you until the decision needs to be made that you would trust him and default to the word of god as jesus why did he go up to jerusalem because deuteronomy 16 says he's supposed to that's why and he went up on the timing of god you see when i'm faced with a dilemma between what my natural understanding is or I'm overcome with emotions, or I'm beset with everyone's opinion. Only God's opinion matters, and God's opinion is found in the word of God, and the word of God overrules those things and speaks louder and clearer and specifically to my situation every single time. That's why, you see, as a church, we have a very strong commitment to you to to ask you and to remind you and to even make it easy for you to read your Bible and pray every day very simple just read your bible and pray and even if you use a little tool to do that well we give you a tool at the beginning of every month and and it says here read this scripture and then pray through this prayer request and then on the back there are even uh, memory verses that we have like you had in sunday school Uh, but they weren't just for sunday school they're for life as we'll see in a moment that we hide god's word in our heart why so that we don't sin against him It wasn't uh, those Sunday school teachers downstairs having your kids memorize verses right now. They're not just doing it for the lollipops. They're setting your kids up for adulthood. We want the word of God to, and somewhere along the way, we thought, well, I don't need to memorize anymore. No, it's life. We need the word of God in us. So read your Bible every day and pray. Why? Because that's your connection to the Father, your connection to the wisdom you're looking for, where the Holy Spirit dwelling in you will bear witness to the counsel of men. There'll be times where you don't even need the counsel of men. Why? Because God gave you the answer. You know how it goes and I'm sure this has happened to you. You've gotten to some crisis and so you call the church. And you know there are times at the church here where there're 10, 15 people here on the property that could answer the phone. But for some reason, they don't answer the phone and it goes to voicemail. So there they are. It goes to voicemail. Hey, thanks for calling Calvary our service times and uh, you know whatever it says and then here's the beep, leave a message. And you're so desperate you just wanted to talk to somebody. Please pray with me. You don't know what happened in my house right now. What happened at work? But instead, what do you get? Voicemail. Now, I'm certain that if somebody is in the property here and they weren't answering the phone, they're serving the Lord in some other way. I'm certain. I know they're not neglecting the phones. I know they're not neglecting you, but they're reminding you of something. Your hope is not in man. You left a message and we'll get back to you for sure. We answer all of our messages. And you know, on occasion, we might even miss one here and there but you're so prone to cry out to man first. Could it be because you're not regularly in the word? I mean, we'll help you and serve you. That's why, that's what we're, our lives are dedicated to getting you in in a right strong relationship with the Lord all the way through until eternity. That's why we're here. That's why God has allowed us to dedicate our lives full time to that. But you got voicemail. You know, our voicemail is not set up. Uh, Thanks for calling Calvary Chapel. Do you have a problem with marriage? Press one. Do you have a problem in your relationship? Press two. Your kid's messed up, press four, five, and six. You know, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do that. But could it be in your prayer life, the Lord would just speak to you, that child belongs to me, trust me. Could it be in your scriptures and what you're reading through for the day, the Lord's just showing you, oh, he was faithful with them. You know what, God, God's gonna be faithful with me. And while I do believe God will use men and women in your lives, we don't want to disciple you to depend on man. You need to learn how to depend on the Lord. Because when you call on God, you're not going to get voicemail, you know. You're like, oh, Lord, are you there? Beep. Thank you for calling. This is God. Please leave a message. And when I have time, Michael the archangel will get back to you. He doesn't do that. He doesn't put you. He, he is always available. You know the problem that we have is often we will live without the consciousness of God in our lives. Oh, it's not that God has forsaken or left us. He hasn't. But we'll live in such a way where we've forgotten he's with us. Where we don't acknowledge that he's in us. That we don't turn to his word and go, you know, God, you have a word for me. Or where we don't cry out to him in prayer. That we're not regularly in communication with the Father. And we live without the consciousness of God. I mean, just like every day you live without the consciousness of breathing. Do you know that? You don't even think about you breathing. I mean, unless somebody sucker punches you and you go, oh, I can't breathe anymore. You you just breathe. And it just works, doesn't it? Until you take your last breath, you just breathe. God has set it up that way. You don't need to be concerned about it. That your body will take care of it. Even when you're asleep, not thinking about breathing, you know what your body does? It breathes. We're just so thankful that God would make the most important parts of our body involuntary. Otherwise, we'd be toasts. I mean, we, we lose our keys. Can you imagine if we forgot to breathe? You're like, oh, I forgot to breathe. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> It's just, God is so faithful to us and and we've lost the consciousness and, and we need to live with the consciousness but what happens? It's a sucker punch that reminds us of the consciousness of God, doesn't it? It's like, oh yes, God is with me. And while I do believe God has allowed us as a church family to be a part of your life and to serve you, whether it's those that are on staff here or the lay leaders and the folks that serve here that love the Lord and love you so much, you can't depend on man. You need to learn how to depend on the Lord. So would you just read your Bible and pray every day?
0: As we read our Bible and pray every day, we'll be hearing from the Lord. And as we learned today on Abounding Grace, only God's opinion matters. So it's best that we listen to Him and do what He says. Pastor Ed Taylor is moving right along in his study of John's Gospel. You can hear these studies online at AboundingGraceRadio.com and through the Calvary Church app. Check out Ed's blog at EdTaylor.org. And look for his podcast, Lead to Serve, on Apple Podcasts. That's Lead, the number two, Serve. There he discusses the value of servant leadership. I should also mention Abounding Grace is available by podcast. Hey, thank you for remembering abounding grace in your giving to the Lord. Every gift that comes in goes right to ministry. It plays an important role in helping us bring the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. And when you support the ministry today with a gift of $25 or more, we'll say thanks by sending you Steve Carr's very popular book, Married and How to Stay That Way. I don't have to cite the stats on divorce to convince you it's a real and growing problem in our world. But God's Word has just what we need to succeed in this lifelong commitment of marriage. To order it today, call 877-30-GRACE. Glad to have you with us for today's broadcast. We look forward to continuing the journey through John next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. In the meantime, let's be drawing on God's abounding grace for daily living. This is a messing gray.